First time, long time. 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 Hey there, sports fans. First time, long time. I'm Tommy Fitzgerald. He's Richie Barone. Richie, how are you? I am Richie Barone, and I'm doing uh, okay. The Mets keep winning, which is lovely, but those. Uh, those stupid Midwestern Red Cardinal birds and the San Francisco Gigantes, which is how you say Giants in uh, Spanish, they won't stop losing. Or winning, rather. I wish they would stop losing. Uh, so, you know, the Mets aren't really making up all the ground I want them to. But at the same time, I can't complain about uh, the Metropolitans winning a bunch of games. Yeah, and again, last night they get the W behind Ioannis Cespedes hitting a big home run to put them in front, and as our boy Mark Curry pointed out, not necessarily a bad thing that the Mets are scoring all their runs on home runs. It seems to work out for them. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, ever since the guy, you know, he's got the Lion King theme, he's playing on one leg, he's basically, we've said it once, we've said it, we'll say it again, the guy's a superhero. Uh, I know he's under contract already, but I agree with the rest of Twitter. They got to sign this guy. You know, I mean, you got to do whatever you got to do to keep him in New York, whether it's a, a lifetime supply of cigarettes or, uh, you know, some new golf clubs, whatever it is, just just keep him here. Absolutely. And let the guy golf whenever he feels like it, because uh, whatever he's doing, it's working pretty damn well. As we head to this week's schedule, Richie, and we got Noah Syndergaard versus Anthony DeShiflani today at 12.35 start here on the East Coast, and the Reds have been good to the Mets so far this week as the Mets on basically no sleep, a Sunday Sunday night game into a travel night into playing a day game in Cincinnati. They clipped them on Monday 5 nothing. got another win last night behind our boy Yo. Syndergaard's pitched once in Great American Ballpark last season. He struck out 11 in seven and two-thirds, and he's the heavy favorite going into this one, and hopefully the Mets are able to pull a sweep of those Redbirds. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I uh, usually I'm not going to root against a guy named Anthony DiGiovanni. You know, he's a fellow countryman, an Italian gentleman like myself. But, you know, that's nine times out of ten. OK, the the exception to the rule is when he's pitching against Thor and the Mets are in a playoff race. You know, I got a root for my boy Thor. Uh, I think it's going to be a big game for sending God. He's coming back off of a a not so great start. He had a start reminiscent of like, uh, you know, like an early season Seth Lugo before he became a mixture of Randy Johnson and Rick Reed. He was giving up a few runs here and there, and uh, that's what Syndergaard did last time out. So I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's also got one in his elbow, but the one on his shoulder will help him. And uh, I think he's going to get out there and win this one for the Mets. Also, as we go through the rest of the schedule, we'll see why it's very important for the boy Noah to beat up on DeShafani today before we head to Atlanta. Absolutely, kid, and that's called a tease in the business as we head to Friday's game in Atlanta. It's our boy Gesellman against Gant. Gesellman's been a revelation for the Mets. He's mostly pitched at home this season outside of three innings pitch in St. Louis, and he'll look to keep the momentum that he's built up at City Field. The Braves, quite frankly, are not a good team. They're going full youth. They got the young man Dansby Swanson, the former number one pick who was traded with additional other prospects to the Braves in exchange for singular Shelby Miller. So just a reminder that 
MLB GMs, much like you and me, when we spill our coffee in the morning, don't always know what they're doing, kid. So there's that. As the Braves try to get more appealing as they move to a park in the suburbs, they're not really trying to win games this year. Gaselman and the Mets have a chance to go three in a row here. Gaselman's been phenomenal. The only the only knock I have on my boy Robbie G is that uh, you know I'd love for him to add like a vowel in between the G and the S in his name. Maybe Jazzleman or Jezelman, uh, like that comedian Anthony Jezelman. Uh, you know, something like that would be a little helpful for your guy that's not exactly uh, well-educated over here. I can't do all sorts of weird uh, letters back-to-back, but, you know, I'm nitpicking. What we got here is Robbie G versus Ron Gant, former Met farmhand. Uh, we actually traded him for Kelly Johnson, who is turning into the second coming of Daniel Murphy. Shout-out to Kevin Long, our hitting coach, who is, uh, you know, should have revived him earlier in the season. But, you know, better late than never. Uh, he's been, like you said, Jezelman's been great for the Mets. We gotta, we gotta take these guys down to Chinatown. And, you know, with guys on that team like Dansby Swanson and Malik Smith, it sounds like a, a prep school in Alabama. Bunch of jerks, weird names. They're a terrible team. I know it's a division game, so they're probably looking to knock us off. But at the same time, uh, you gotta, you gotta steamroll these guys if you want to make the playoffs. 100% kid, Bama bangs on some of these, uh, these Braves guys. A lot of guys that wear uh, wolf, wolf suits. What do you call that? Wolf what? Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they, these guys definitely had bangs on their hair. You know, that's how they do it down there. They got how, the, weird, the weird swoopy bangs. How, uh, how, I, houndstooth, not wolf. <laughs> oh, a houndstooth. Yeah. 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 Now, now I'm with you. But let me tell you, I mean, like, and just to wrap things up there, have you ever seen a kid named Malix? I haven't. You know? It's a little unusual. You name a kid Malix on Long Island, and you're going to be floating in the sound. I mean, that's a, that's a weird name. It's either Matthew or Alex. Pick one. I like it, kid. You're old school. You stick by your principles. No guy's named Malix coming through your door, uh, that's for sure, as Saturday, Lugo versus Tehran. Tehran flat out owns the Mets. He's given up six hits and zero runs in 17 innings against the Metropolitans this year. That's really not ideal at all. And, Richie, this strikes me as a game in which Yo will have to home up for the Mets to win as the Mets are really, of all the games on the road trip, this is probably the only game they'll be a, an underdog. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tehran, he's a, a bit of a freak against these Mets, and that that's why, like I said before, it's very important that we take down DeSlefani and then uh, – the other guy, Ron Gant, because once we hit this Tehran game, all bets are off. I mean, normally I would say that he's going to crush uh, Seth Lugo in his hands like like a little egg. Um, but at the same time, now that the boy Lugo has been pitching like a mixture of Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, and uh, Steve Avery, uh, all four of them in a blender, you know, you, all, like I said, all bets are off. The guy's been great. So I think he will hold us in the game. Like you said, maybe we get some late heroics and win the game one nothing, or maybe 2-1 to one on the back of a Yoenis Cespedes injured quad single-legged home run. But in any case, this is the game that is a red flag, high alert, and I wouldn't be surprised if we dropped it. Yeah, absolutely, kid. The one, the one game there that you're like, okay, you know, this might be not a great situation because this Tehran guy turns into Nolan Ryan. But 
Sunday, we got another chance to win a game as we got Bartolo Colon against Matt Whistler. That's Whistler. Whistler had one tremendous start against the Mets earlier this season, but he has not been particularly good of late, giving up very hard contact, which is never good. That's what the stats guys tell me. You don't want to give up hard contact, and that's what this Whistler guy does. Cologne, much like a fine bottle of Italian wine that your nephew gives you for your anniversary, is simply getting better with age. Yeah, this guy's great. I mean, you know, Gene was showing me a picture the other day of the Snapchat, and uh, Jose Reyes, he's like, you know, he's like one of those TMZ guys. He goes out and he just films all of his teammates doing stuff, you know, taking a leak, draining the lizard, having dinner, uh, reading books, you know, whatever. He's giving you the real behind-the-scenes look there. And he got Cologne at a restaurant after his last start, and he was just pounding pudding. I mean, he was putting down pudding like I put down Miller Lights during uh, a football Sunday, you know. And I'm not even a big football guy, but any excuse to drink, you know. So, uh, but it just shows you. Bartolo clicking on all cylinders, pitching well, eating well. Uh, haven't heard about the two families in a while. Glad we swept that under the rug. That was a very unsightly moment for Bartolo, but he still handled it uh, with all the grace and uh, the grace and flair of a young Barbara Streisand. And, uh, you know, here we are. The guy, the guy's 40-something years old, 43, 44, and he's showing us that age is just a number. Two seamers and two helpings of pudding for the big man. That's whatever, whatever you're doing, kid, keep it up. Right on. As we get to our boss sponsor of the week, and I tell you, Richie, we're heading to the Smiling Aussie in Garden City. It's an Australian bar with some great fish and chips. You can drink about 30 beers here and pretend that you're Russell Crowe. A lot of blonde Australian women who are very friendly, but almost to the point where you're like, do I have a chance? And you don't. You don't. Because they have a guy at home that probably looks like Liam Hemsworth. You know, not like you and me, like a, like a big Liam Hemsworth, a big Thor-looking guy. But anyway, a great place to catch a game. The beer is good. The folks are friendly. They got a lot of good Australian beers on tap. Big, big fan of the Smiling Aussie. Yeah, no, it was a great spot. Uh, shout out to the Smiling Aussie. Um, we went there the other day, gave me a chance to break out my Crocodile Dundee outfit, which I rarely get to wear. We showed up there. They didn't seem that thrilled about that out of the gate. So, uh, all, you know, immediately I was behind the eight ball. Saw some, some chicks in there that looked like Margaret Robbie, that uh, chick from the, the Wolf of Wall Street. And, uh, you know, like, like Tommy said, if you go up to them, they've usually got a guy who's got, you know, like a 12-pack of abs. Uh, I was offering to show them my single ab. It's very smooth and round. Uh, it's called my belly, if in case uh, I didn't want anyone to think I was talking about my wiener. But uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a hell of a place, and they got they got the the beer that they drink in Australia, which is the the Fosters. Um, you can't really go wrong. It's it's a great place to go if you're afraid of traveling. You only go to the DR in Long Island, but you still want to experience other cultures. I would go there um, to the to the Smiling Aussie. Can't say can't say enough of good things about it. Hundred percent, kid. Shout out to the Smiling Aussie. As we head to our storylines and the, the aforementioned one, the most important one, the Mets are one count it one game back of the wild card. The Giants have not been hitting. Not a ton of offense out of San Francisco early this month in September. The Cardinals are still working their black Cardinal magic, doing whatever they do, their witchcraft, to keep winning games. And they're a half game up on the Mets, so the Mets are squarely in the mix. If you told me this three weeks ago, I would have told you you were crazy. 
but apparently the Mets, as we mentioned before, have a 52% chance to make the playoffs, so they are squarely in the mix. The schedule is easy for the rest of the way out, so the uh, schedule gods smiling on the Metropolitans. Yeah, really, this is unbelievable. I mean, a few weeks ago I was sitting there, I got the uh, 20-game package, went in there with a few people on that one. I was thinking about getting rid of all my tickets. I was uh, putting my free shirt Friday shirts up on eBay, figure I get a couple bucks off those. You know, I was really packing it in. Uh, you know, I, I was getting ready to pretend to care about football for a little while. It was it was looking pretty pretty grim. But here we are, you know, everyone started hitting. Uh, we got these two youngsters, the Giselman and Lugo, just carrying carrying the torch for this team. And before you know it, we're, we're one game behind these, these stupid Redbirds and only one and a half behind the uh, Gigantes. So, you know, I like our chances going forward. And you said, you know, I'm not a big not a big fan graphs guy. I don't, you know, I can't really get myself to the site ever. It never works. It says my Internet's not working. I usually just give up and go to bed. But you're telling me they got a 52% chance of going to the playoffs now. I mean, to me, that seems... A lot better than it used to be about a week ago. So, I'm in. Let's go Mets, baby. That's a great way to sum it up, kid. Better than it was. That's that's all we need. We need to be back on the winning track. And really a storyline that has been dominating Mets Twitter this week. Wilma Flores, his new walk-up music, is the theme song from the show Friends. And I tell you, kid, somewhere Matt LeBlanc just went from 6 to midnight. How about this? How do you not love Wilma Flores? He claims that friends taught him to speak English, that he, he, he watches the show constantly, that he said he, he was quoted as saying that he can't really watch anything else, that there's something about friends, that he loves it. And I, I assume he, like everybody else, thinks that our girl Rachel got a little too skinny. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that, you know, we've got, we're just a, a giant ball of pop culture. I mean, between Yoenis Cespedes with The Lion King, and then, uh, you know, Wilma Flores comes up and it's all, that's, you know, brings me back. Brings me back to better days when my liver was functioning. You know, it was clicking on all cylinders. Well, not all cylinders, but a lot more cylinders than it does now. You know, I had all my hair. I was still with my first wife. It was a good time when that friend was on. Who do you think his favorite character is on the show? I don't know, kid. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, Rachel, Rachel's got the good wit. I think they give, you know, they obviously give Chandler the, the best lines, it seems like. LeBlanc is just a convincing idiot. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, I, I just hope he's not a Ross guy. Because uh, personally, you know, I, uh, that's a very unrealistic character. Yeah, I live in the city and I go chase around dinosaurs and, and try to find out if they're still real. Yeah, that's a real job. Okay, Ross, good stuff. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't want to know anything else about uh, Wilma's love for Friends because I don't want it to ruin it for me. But I do love the fact that he's coming up to the song. I would hope that the rest of the team would follow his lead and start coming up to TV songs of their own. I mean, maybe uh, Darno can come up to Frasier, you know. Cause, <laughs> I hear cause the blues are calling, toss salad and scrambled eggs. Calling again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should sing it. Maybe we don't even do a theme. Maybe we just have us sing it. Who knows? Uh, I could I could do the Frasier theme all day. That's that's a little fun fact. <laughs> I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Calling do, do, do. <laughs> yeah, you know, Fra- 
Frazier was great. The the uh, the Niles Crane. I was like, you know, David Hyde P.S. You almost you almost too much. You're a little too much for me. But hey, know. just some ideas. I mean, they, this team could they could really transform themselves into a uh, you know a multi-platform entertainment company if they start getting everyone to come up to some wacky show uh, theme songs. Uh, we could have Curtis Grandison come up to Doug, the animated show from Disney. Uh, that was a really good one. I mean, you know, you got any others? Send them over to at MetsFTLT. We'll gladly take your suggestions and then probably berate you for being wrong. But, you know, you're you're allowed to have an opinion. Unless you're that Colin Kaepernick. Screw him. But we're getting off the rails here. Let's go to the next storyline this week. The Mets are possibly being evasive with the truth about Jason DeGrom's arm slash elbow slash shoulder his arm what do you think yeah so you know this was a strange thing so last week the Mets say there's an announcement pertaining to the Grom everybody expects the worst this was on Friday then the announcement is delayed our boy Adam Rubin was was live tweeting it for us and apparently they're about a half hour late then said he's simply still dealing with discomfort it's going to be another skip start then somehow it's it's morphed that he's been shut down for the time being Quite frankly, I see the writing on the wall. I think the Mets were going to announce that he was getting shut down for the rest of the season. And I think DeGrom probably came out and said he didn't, he didn't want to shut it down quite yet, wanted to still give it another shot. Or the Mets decided they didn't want to kill morale. Or maybe it was a combination of both. But quite frankly, I'd be shocked if DeGrom pitches another game this season. Richie, is this my paranoia? Or is this well-founded considering the history of the Mets training staff? Nah, this is Mets training staff. Uh, you know, their 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 ugly head is rearing itself once again. I mean, you know, hilarious to begin with that we have Ray Ramirez, uh, America's worst trainer, and Degrom is calling him over after a start, and then goes, "No, no, no, I'm fine." What? What did you want to show Ray Ramirez your new shoes? What did you want to talk to him about? You know, talk to him about uh, your pitch count. I mean, you know, you hurt. You call Ray Ramirez when you're hurt. He's not going to know what to do, but you're going to bring him over and you're going to tell him about it. And then he's going to tell a bunch of other people about it. And by the time we figure it out, you probably have like a season ending uh, or maybe career ending injury. That's how it works on the Mets. Uh, I, what I am happy about is that there's no structural damage, uh, whatever that means. But it sounds like they got this kid in MRI. I wouldn't even try to pitch him for the rest of the year. I would take. I wouldn't pitch him, and I wouldn't pitch Stephen Metz. I would look long term with these guys, big picture. Uh, you know, it's like it's like when I was dating my high school girlfriend. I just shut it down, and I was done because I saw a big picture uh, that things were going to get way better for me, and that was a you know that was a terrible comparison. But I think you see what I'm what I'm trying to say here. You don't want to blow these guys' careers on one season where they may or may not even make the playoffs. I mean, let Giselman and Lugo do their thing. Let them become stars. And if we win the World Series with Robbie G as our MVP, then so be it. And if we don't, we'll see you next year, Jason. I like it, kid. Summed it up very nicely there. I'm in complete agreement. Don't want to risk the future of these two strong starting pitches on, on one season. So... Uh, I agree completely. As we head to our last storyline, which is our uh, Mark Carrig tweet of the week, 
And from two nights ago, or two days ago, excuse me, Jay Bruce throws it over Darno's head. Bengals sign him to play quarterback. I love it. I love it because it's a, uh, a little citation, a little slight to Andy Dalton, who's not a good quarterback, despite what anyone tells you. And it was uh, an inaccurate pass from Jay Bruce. So it makes a ton of sense. Mark Carrig, this is what happened when worlds collide. I know. He's, he's, like, he's like the Rodney Dangerfield of Mets beat writers. The guy's really unbelievable. Uh, great Bengals reference. Although, I got to say, Bengals, not as much of a punching bag anymore. Uh, you know, I would have gone with another team, maybe the Browns, maybe even the Cowboys, since they've got the... That guy, Dak Shepard, as the quarterback now, because Tony Romo broke his back. Uh, but, well, you know, I mean, do what you got to do, Mark. Well, they're, they're in Cincinnati, you know. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, man. Mark just outwitted me again. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think I, I think I got him. I think I got baby in a corner, and Mark just punches me right in the jaw. But, Unbelievable. Uh, but, kid, we, yeah, we actually got one bonus, uh, one bonus one this week. What do you got? Yeah, I just saw a little tidbit that the uh, the Mets had three minor leaguers win batting titles this year at their respective levels. T.J. Rivero won one for uh, the Las Vegas 51s, and then two other guys won batting titles. Uh, I think one of them was a catcher for St. Lucie. You'd have to look them up, but three batting titles in the Mets organization, and I'm sure plenty will be made of that. Um, no chance, no no guarantee, rather, that you ever see uh, the two younger guys that won the batting titles in the major leagues, but it's something to hang our hat on. So shout out to batting titles in the minor leagues. Love it, kid. Uh, and we'll continue the shout out segment. A shout out to Robert Kesselman. You're not getting enough credit, and the fact that you walk out to the stroke by Billy Squire. And I know I said this last week, but I'm going to say it until people acknowledge what a great song that is. Remains incredible. Yeah, and shout out to Alejandro Deaza. I mean, sure, you played like someone pissed in your Cheerios most of the season, but you turned it around in a major way. You're a legitimate professional hitter now, and some of the pop you found again, it's been great. Uh, you know, last night, not bad. Little, uh, You know, I canceled Geico. My new insurance provider is Alejandro Deaza after that home run. I see what you did there. It's, a, it's an insurance run. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, that was a joke, yep. I got it. I got it. A little, little behind over here, kid. Uh, shout out to Jerry's Familia. You've given up one run since August 1st in 16 appearances. Remember when people worried about this guy? Not me. I've conveniently forgot about it. Shout out to you. That's right. And that'll do it for our shout outs of the week. Uh, that'll do it for our show. It, it came. It went. It flew. It was fun. Uh, Tommy, it's been great. We have a special surprise for everybody on Friday. Who's coming on our show in lieu of our Friday rankings? I mean, do we, do we want to give it away or do we want to tease it? It's a former Mets first baseman. All right. So you do the math. We're going to have a, a big-time former Mets first baseman on the show on Friday. Uh, so make sure you tune into that one. In the meantime, hit us up on the Facebook at uh, First Time Long Time. Twitter at MetsFTLT and at our Gmail at FirstTimeLongTimePod at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, as always, subscribe on iTunes. Give us any feedback you may want to. And get ready, baby, because Friday is going to be a big one.
Yeah, hey fellas, this is Chris from New Hyde Park. First time, long time. Hi, this is Bob from Greenpoint. First time, long time here. Hey guys, this is Audie Bevilacqua from Hapog. First time, long time.